0: Good afternoon, good evening, whenever you happen to be listening to this, the latest episode of the Curated Culture. I am your gracious, humble host, Rob, aka Robbie Diesel, joined as always by me. Hey, hey guys! It uh, it finally happened. In case you are curious, why? There was no show last week. Our household has finally, and I say finally loosely because it's not really anything that we look forward to, but our household has finally been ravaged by the scourge, 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 whatever that word is, the villainy. Of COVID nineteen, that's right. We uh, finally caught the Omicron variant specifically, and well, while
1: we're still unsure, <laughs> the verdict's still out on me. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs>
0: that's true. That's true. I think I think at least one of us did for sure. Uh, yeah, COVID finally swept through the house, and and despite our our best efforts and our best wishes. Um, we ended up catching it. And I will say that there are no direct traces to how specifically we caught it. Um, it did, it did happen at a time where we were, I guess, a little less than practical in a little less than, um... What's the word that I'm looking for? Diligent in our practices, our our safety measures. I know I had taken the kids to the movies. You had, like, a staff party. Yeah, Junior went bowling with friends. And there's no real way of of telling 100% if he wore his mask the whole entire time. And we
1: were... And
0: yeah we we all work and live and play in in the general public, so there is there is no one hundred percent way to trace it, but be that as it may, we caught it, and it was it was a combination of a couple of different things so this show, we are going to walk you through our experience, what it was like, what we felt like, our thoughts and feelings on the somewhat confusing guidelines that were laid out by the CDC and just kind of vent and 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 talk about you know this this COVID-19 craziness uh fair warning fair heads up you might hear a sniffle you might hear some throats being cleared some coughs because we are still at the point that we're recording this, we are on day seven. Day seven or day six? I, day seven.
1: The brain fog? Yeah. It is is day seven?
0: <clears throat> yeah, it's day seven yeah, of a, of a ten day.
1: No, yeah. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Yeah. Eight, nine?
0: Yeah. Friday is the tenth day.
1: And you can go back? the. T- I thought yeah. it was it the tenth was nope. in that. You nope. Go
0: back on the tenth day. Okay. Uh so yeah, we're day seven of a ten day isolation period, which right in the middle of our sickness, for whatever reason, seemed to change from a ten day isolation period to a five day isolation period, which is something we'll talk about a little later as well. But we'll start where every good story starts at the beginning. Uh so Monday night, overnight, so going into Tuesday, I was sleeping, which is something that I rarely do, <laughs> which is sign number one that something was terribly, awfully wrong. I was sleeping, still kind of half awake, and in the midst of, of my, my sleep state, I could feel, like physically feel myself getting ill. Like I felt my body changing almost for the worse. And I woke up that morning, that Tuesday morning, and it legit felt like I had swallowed like a handful of staples. And I knew at that point, like I knew something was wrong. Like I know you came in right before you left and you, you say it's your goodbyes and I was like <clears throat> kind of trying to hide my face and hide my head cuz I I knew something was off. I, I I couldn't tell 100% what it was. Um I stayed away from Junior like the whole morning as he got prepared for uh to go to school and all that and I even wore a mask when I dropped him off at the bus just to be on the safe side. Went into work for a couple hours and I could I could feel my condition deteriorating like I was purposely very antisocial um, the entire day because I, I, f- I felt like something was wrong. So finally, I got the OK from boss man to to try and go and get a test and um, urgent care was a no go because they were backlogged for like hours for a test and I'm like I don't want to sit around in an urgent if I'm not sick I don't want to sit around in urgent care Uh, but thankfully they were actually doing stuff curbside so it was like a wait in your car until we text you sort of thing Um, but at that moment I had gotten an alert from a Twitter account that I follow that said that uh, rapid tests were back in stock at our local Walmart so naturally I pushed the order through Chose the uh, safe curbside pickup option, the Walmart employee that uh, brought them out, obviously knew what time it was, so they just kind of like opened up the back hatch, threw them in there, (laughs) left me to my devices, I came home, cracked one open, I took my test, and I was like nervously reading the instructions, and I'm glad that I did. Because when I took my test, initially, at least, it looked like I was negative because I I could only see one line. But as I'm reading the instructions, it's like, pay attention to the second test line because even if it's faint, if it's very, very faint, that is still a positive no matter what. Even if it's the smallest pink line, treat it as a positive. So I took like 30 different pictures in different lighting like trying to see if I can make it any darker and of course I couldn't. It was like the mystery of of known unknown. Meanwhile this entire time like I can feel myself starting to feel worse and worse and worse. I wasn't sure if it was just the anxiety from not knowing causing it. Um but, you know, I, I finally got a hold of, of Bossman It was like, I, I think I just tested positive, I'm not gonna come back in. Um and I sent you the pictures and you were like, Oh <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah. I
1: was it it was very, very faint.
0: Super faint.
1: And it you know, it looked like a pregnancy test. So I was like,
0: Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations.
1: Yeah, you're pregnant. Oh, yeah. Um but it's weird, though, because when I finally got home to take mine, because I stayed at work, because the um, only thing I had was, like, a scratchy throat. It didn't hurt. It wasn't painful. It just felt like I was like, gosh, I must be yelling at these kids all day long because no matter how much I drank or how much, you know, I cleared my throat, I still had this, like, dry patch This is what I can describe it. And sometimes they get that, you know, especially wearing a mask, and then talking so much. And your allergies. And my yeah, it wasn't like uncommon for me to feel that way, but it was just weird. Uh, so that was like the only thing I had at the time. So when I came home, I thought, well, if you got it, I've been around you for, ever. Mm-hmm. So me and Junior kind of sat down and took them. Well, the test that I took, there was no English instructions in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, and I don't even know what language it was in but I had to grab Junior's test and read the directions from it mm. to then do my own mm-hmm. like all the pictures were the same it was weird
0: that's my fault too I as I think back because I was like by the time you and Junior had gotten back home I was so far out of it that, like, I know, recalling right now, which we'll also talk about recall and the effect COVID has on it. Um Like, I can re- vaguely remember, like, taking parts and bits and pieces of, of the test that I took and, like, threw it away. So I know I threw away the English instructions. Like, I'm almost 100% positive that I did that.
1: Yeah, so, and then when... I had Junior do his first just so I could read the d- instructions and then have him do it. And of course he couldn't stick the the wand up his nose like himself. Like he's like, "Mom, I can't do it."
0: It's a tough thing.
1: It is. It it's not a natural thing to jam stuff up your nose. So. Right. He's like, "You do it." So I had to do that part for him. And I put his in the little thing and You're supposed to wait 15 minutes. But, like, he was, like, instantly pregnant. There was no (laughs) doubt about it. There was, like, two strong red lines. Like, I'm like, well, congratulations, son. Uh, You've got COVID. And he, I'm like, are you feeling okay? He was just like, oh, my nose is kind of stuffy. I'm like, all right. So here I am. i got this little scratchy throat. But I'm like, I feel okay No. You know, I'm like panicking, like, okay, maybe I am sick. Mm-hmm. But i that's all I really had. And then I took the test and came back negative. There was no line whatsoever. I looked at it for hours like, okay, nope. So I'm like, all right. And then by the end of that night, I had a fever, chills, a headache, and could barely get out of bed.
0: It. It hits you immediately because what you experienced at the end of the night, I was already in the throes of. Yeah. Like by the time you and Junior had gotten home, I was already upstairs in bed, just conked out. I couldn't do anything. And the funniest thing about it is I remember distinctly before I went upstairs to lay down, I was like, okay. I tested positive for COVID. Everything that we read and and saw and listened to is like, oh, if it's Omicron, it's it's mild, it's mild, it's mild. It'll feel like a head cold and that's it. And I'm like, ah, I can deal with that. That's fine. But I was thinking like, damn, if I have COVID, that means I'm probably going to at some point, I'm going to lose my sense of smell and my sense of taste. I should probably eat something. So I made myself like.
1: So you made yourself eat because you were afraid you wouldn't taste.
0: Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to remember my last meal. I guess. Like I totally you're, get. You're I totally, such a dork. I get why people do the death row thing now, but yeah, like I just I don't know. It was it was something that. What did you eat? I'll I'll, I'll get to it. I'll oh. get to it. No, but uh, I made myself pancakes and uh veggie sausages like i wanted to just remember what smelling and tasting if it makes any sense at all which it probably won't but i just wanted to have that in my mind like fresh in my like, mind did
1: you think you're gonna forget what pancakes and sausage smelled and tastes like
0: probably not no but you know i I like to eat like I like to Uh, I like to enjoy my food I like to take my time you always rag on me for eating slow and everything it's because I like to enjoy it and that was like one of my biggest things is you know we we try to stay educated with you know the state of the virus and symptoms and stuff like that and I was like man if if I lose my sense of taste and my sense of, of smell like I know I'm gonna be able to eat food for sure but just not being able to enjoy that aspect of it like the actual taste and the actual smell like that would mess with me a little bit so I wanted to at least remember like what food tasted like I guess I don't know it was weird um but yeah I did that and then like immediately crashed out in bed like I was not functional at all Couldn't do anything that night. um, I could tell that you were starting to not feel good because you do the the one thing, the one thing that you always do. And that was you like laid down and almost immediately crashed out.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like almost immediately. That was when I knew like, okay, she tested negative, but she is. For sure positive. She has this, too. Yeah. Day number two was probably the worst because we were, like, in the—both of us was, like, in the thick of it, for sure. Yeah. It wasn't letting up, fever, headache, chills. Like, we were done So
1: Yeah, and then I went and took a, a regular test at Rite Aid.
0: Yeah, the PCR.
1: Which— has not come back. Still
0: hasn't come back. Yeah. So they say two to seven days and this is day six. six. Yeah. Wow.
1: So yeah. I thought, okay, well then I'll know for sure if I take PCR test. So Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, well now what's the point?
0: Right. Yeah. There's there's no real point. And then that was kind of the one thing that we where we really started thinking Like while our mind was working properly, at least like what if what if you tested negative with with the rapid at home test because of the differences in how this version? And this is why I say I think we caught Omicron specifically, because even though we still had those symptoms, we still had the the cough, which we still deal with right now. Um, We got the fever. We got the chills. We got the fatigue. Um, the congestion on and off but how it started was with the sore throat like that was that was the first thing that threw me off because I get I rarely get sick right
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you see me get sick it's usually what fatigue it's usually cough runny nose congestion I, I almost never get a sore throat
1: You better be banging on something right now because I feel like you're just cursing yourself. No,
0: I mean, I can can say that with confidence just solely because when I got sick at Motor City, it was
1: fever. I I was
0: hot and I was tired. The time that I think the first time (laughs) that we probably had COVID, it was immediate fatigue. It was fever. Like, that's always how I get sick. And this time, at first, at least it was none of those, and then it was like, "Wow, my throat really, really like my throat was bad, like it hurt super bad anyway, to get back to the point, I was wondering or or I guess I was convinced that you know we definitely had Covid for one despite taking the test, but for two, that we had omicron specifically because of the fact that it started with the sore throat." And I was thinking, maybe that's why you tested negative initially, because the infection was more prevalent in your throat than it would be in your nose.
1: Right. Well, there is a scientist that was actually got a hashtag going on Twitter. that said swab the throat, just because that's kind of what they were seeing. Like, they would test negative with a nasal swab, but with a throat swab, they would test positive. Which makes sense if it starts in your throat. Um, another thing, uh, one of our school nurses was like, Well, because you've had your vaccines and you've been boosted, you might not have as much viral load in your nose or t- enough t- for the home test to pick up to give you a positive reading as well. So, all those kind of things kind of play into all of that
0: yeah it it's it's so it's so weird how when you think back january of 2020 it was like everything was fair game like you remember covid first hit the states and it's like we knew very little about it then i've honestly I feel like we still know very very little about it but really? back then it was worse and it was like you know wear a mask okay don't wear a mask wear gloves when you handle your mail spray every like re- Do you remember oh, yeah. doing all that like it was it was so crazy and now it's like half of that stuff like it's unnecessary we know that You know, unless it's, it's aerosolized that you, you are very, very much low risk of catching it. Like you can't touch surface and then touch a face and get it. Like it has to be breathed in essentially. Um, but it's, it's still interesting to see, um, how many different, um, I don't want to say variations. But Stages
1: of learning. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Like, you know, we are still learning so much about this and, and how it affects different people even because you and I, we got rocked wholeheartedly, like completely and totally demolished. And we got both doses and a booster. Right. Junior just has his two doses and he was like... King King Big shit. He was like stuffy nose, and that's it.
1: Stuffy nose. Never had a fever. Yeah, he just he was fine, which yeah. I'm grateful for. But yeah,
0: extremely, uh, considering there there has also with this, there's been a, a spike in. Uh, Child hospitalizations as well, right? So, you know, we did luck out, and there's we don't know all of the numbers or the correlation between you know kids or even adults, uh, and how Omicron is, is forcing hospitalizations based on vaccine status, but I guess we do for adults, it has like nine what was it, 90 some odd percent of the adult cases that required hospitalization from Omicron were amongst those who were unvaccinated. It was
1: the majority. I don't remember the exact numbers, but yeah. Um and it's weird that I instantly got on I think it was the very day you came home and made a grocery order. Yeah. Because we had no Tylenol, we had very little in the house to eat, let alone, uh, and uh, I think I did a pretty good job, like, half, half. Half with it. Yeah. <laughs> half with it at yeah. all. <clears throat> um, another thing that I read was that if you do get in, you're having trouble, you can get dehydrated really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. So I went and just bought a few things of Pedialyte. I figured, you know, worst case scenario, I'll save them till I get too hungover or something. But yeah, um, we demolished a whole
0: bottle like immediately. I, between almost the three two, of us. Yeah. yeah.
1: In the cu- through the course, yep. it did help me feel better. Like especially got rid of the headache. That and Tylenol. We had some burners.
0: Yeah, Tylenol was like our savior the first three days, actually. And it was it was like super super rough because you want to you want to feel better and you you want to feel like you're feeling better, and it's like oh I can get up, I'm I'm feeling a little solid, I can move around, and then your body is like nope, just shuts you right back down, which is another thing that I, I specifically read quite a bit about. And I I kept saying that like, we got to pace ourselves. We got to pace ourselves because there are so many reports and so many, uh, studies that document people who have COVID, who seem like they're getting better. And then they just like nosedive and they actually end up getting worse. So I was very careful to make sure that, you know, neither one of us was doing too much, too much, but it's it's been a weird ride like how would you say so far how would you say COVID is compared to like other illnesses that you've had this bout at least would you say is you know not as not as bad it's weird
1: it's different in the fact that um like the time where I think we had the original COVID it it felt you could feel it in your chest yeah holy moly hard to breathe, like heavy chested. Nothing was in my chest this whole time nope, from beginning to end, like nothing. It was, you could breathe clear, you had no trouble whatsoever. The only thing, it was like if, like a mild case of the flu and the worst sinus infection you've ever had had a baby. That's how it felt. (laughs) Yeah. And then it, it's weird because you start to feel better and you get kind of excited like, okay, I'm starting to feel human again. And you start to go and do some stuff because the house is trashed. There's like... A
0: mountain of dishes. And, and
1: laundry. So yeah. you go and like you start doing things and then like halfway through it you go, oh my gosh, I'm going to fall over. Right. I'm exhausted. So then, you know, we got good at going and like doing like one little thing or picking up a few things and then going and sitting down and laying down. Yeah. So that, that was different.
0: Yeah. You're like trying to manage life with COVID and, I, and I'm thankful. I am thankful. And I know that you, you talked about this a little bit too. I am thankful as odd as this may seem or sound that we all caught it at the same time versus having, like, a staggered infection because, you know, we could all have it, we can all recover and get over it together versus, like, one of us having it and having to isolate from everybody else. I think that would have been kind of rough.
1: That would have been the worst. Like, it's one thing to be sick and then, you know, you can talk to everybody that's in the house or you can move around the house freely Mm -hmm. being like stuck in a room for 10 days by yourself, I think would have killed me.
0: Yeah. I would have went stir crazy for sure. Like I'm, I'm going stir crazy now (laughs) just just for the simple fact, like you want to go out and even something as simple as like pick up dinner. Like you want to go, even if you don't cook at all, just just, the ability to go out and walk into a restaurant with your mask on of course and pick up takeout like we, we can't do that right and there is there's a lot of confusion um among you know what you can and can't should and shouldn't do uh right in the middle or i would say in the first act of our of our COVID infection. Like the CDC kind of changed guidelines and and what quarantine and isolation looks like and how many days a, a vaccinated person needs to be home like we talked about it for no end because we genuinely had no idea what it was gonna look like for us over the next couple of days um, so i was I was reading the Cdc's guidance on things and and some of it just flat out didn't make sense and there was a (laughs) there was a really funny video that uh the the daily show released about like the cdc guidelines and and how they were treating it which if you get a chance hop on youtube and look it up but it, it was like that it was like you know if if you are vaccinated wear a foil hat and stand in the sun for 15 minutes and then cook it out and you're good to go or if you're not vaccinated it's this or if it's that and it just it feels like there was a lot of confusion in place in a time where we needed more clarity. Yeah, yeah, clarity and consistency. Um, I know I I talked to you about a couple of things that I was confused on, and one of which was the premise of uh, quarantine versus isolation.
1: Yes. Isolation means you are sick and infected, which means you have to stay away from people. Quarantine means you've been exposed to the sickness, but not necessarily have it. Mm -hmm. So those are the two hot button terms now. Right. Where we used to use quarantine kind of for both. For
0: everything. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's where they're getting that now um and it was like just before they changed it it was very confusing because then it was like if you're vaccinated you do abc and if you're unvaccinated you have to do abcdefg and then this is your time and this so it was really confusing especially you know in school setting it got to be a little hairy. And so I think their intentions were okay, but the way they did it and how they cut things made me think that they were like, Oh, we're going to get in trouble because if you keep the 10 days, we're not going to be able to function as a society because so many people will get it.
0: Right. Which is, um, which is weird to me that, You know, the CDC initially, like at first, it was a hard stop. Stay your ass at home 14 days, no matter what. 14 days always felt a little long. And I I understand why now more than ever, because technically you could still test positive COVID for months after having it and having recovered because apparently the virus stays in your system for that long but it doesn't denote um infectiousness or contagiousness um one of the one of the biggest things now though and what is so confusing is it it feels like what you just said it feels like most of this guidance is coming for the protection of the economy versus the protection of the citizens. Like, cutting the quarantine or isolation, I'm sorry, cutting the isolation time from 10 days down to 5 seems like a bit of a reach when we know easily... And it says so on the CDC website in terms of contagiousness or being contagious, that you can still be contagious all the way up to day 10, even regardless of vaccine. They they're careful to use that phrasing regardless of vaccination status. Mm -hmm. There is also the lack of a suggestion of testing negative before you return back to, or before you integrate back into society, which I, again, I understand. I guess the, the lack of putting that there just for the simple fact that you can still test positive even after your body has shed the virus. But why not? Like why not maybe throw that out there? Like, Hey, before you get back out into the world, Maybe have a a negative test or or maybe, you know, wait these full 10 days because what I feel like is going to happen is because we are also in the midst of several different supply chain shortages, one of which is the fact that you can't just readily go and buy (laughs) rapid tests anywhere. Like. Even the very first time where I was like, hey, there was an exposure at work, I should probably try to get, I couldn't find rapid tests anywhere. Mm-mm. And to rely on a, a Rite Aid or, or Walgreens or something like that, a, a PCR test is, is what we've both taken. The timeline is between two to seven days before you can get your results back. Now, we typically play it a little safer. We probably would bite the bullet, as we did, and not go to work and things like that if we know for sure there's been an exposure or that we could be sick. But that's not happening everywhere. Like, people are getting frustrated by the fact that they can't find tests and just integrating out into the world. And these are people who are both... Either sick with symptoms, sick and are asymptomatic, or people who may have been exposed but aren't quite sure. So here's what's happening and why this thing is spreading so fast is because of an overall lack of diligence. Because we don't want to throw off the scales of the economy or or the consistency of the economy. We don't want to backtrack, so to speak.
1: I I agree with everything you're saying, although I think they're to a point where they're going to say, what is somebody going to logically do? Is someone going to um, actually quarantine for the whole time? Are they going to not go and get food are they not going to go out and expose other people what is the realistic expectation we can can expect from a United States system then they also have to consider that it's super contagious it doesn't take very much for you to then get infected so we're still keeping schools open we're still going to stadiums for sporting events we're still gathering in large groups we're still doing those things that before we were shut down we, that was not available to us so we're still doing those things and we know that if we tell people they can't do those things they're gonna throw a fit too so we've gotten to an point where they're not going to do it anyway kind of thing. So the people that are trying to slow it they're only trying to slow it as much as they can. Just enough so that the hospital does not break. And they're hoping you know what? It's a milder case. Get it. Get it. Get it over with. Get that immunity in your system. I think that's where the, the point. That's like the logic that we're thinking. Not just like hey, you know, you're not doing what you're supposed to. It's to the point where it'd probably be faster if we just let everybody breathe on each other, get it, get over it, and so we can move on.
0: Don't you think that's inherently dangerous logic, though, considering, A, there are still there is still a large contingent of children and adults in the U S specifically that have not even received one dose of the vaccine B. Yeah. I did say a B (laughs) that, um, most of the people who are being hospitalized and, people who are struggling at least with even with this milder version of of covid are those who are unvaccinated like that logic just seems to be a bit dangerous to me like you know what screw it we tried our best let's just let everybody go like it feels like that weird ass herd immunity argument that we were hearing at first like Ah, just let people catch it. They'll build immunity because what we're also seeing now, um, which is, is it speaks volumes to the, the fluidity and the resiliency of COVID in and of itself is we are seeing insane breakthrough cases, people who like ourselves, people who have two doses or two doses in a booster of, of, of a vaccine, or we're seeing double, and in some cases, triple infections. People who have caught, like, every strain of COVID that's been out. Like, that seems... Gotta catch them all. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is like Pokemon. <laughs> like, it it seems to be really dangerous logic, though. Like, why why would you...
1: You can only lead a horse to water. You can't make it drink, kind of thing. Yeah. So you're hoping that those people that know that they have pre-existing conditions or that are at risk take the proper precautions to protect themselves and the people around them. So they're telling people until they're blue in their face, get your vaccine, get your booster, wear your mask. Avoid large crowds. And at this point, they figure if you haven't got you know, if you haven't heard the message, you're not going to hear it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so it, I, I struggle with that myself, you know, and I'm not. I try to toe that line. And I try not to be that guy that's like you. What is wrong with you? Why aren't you going to get vaccinated? Like I get it. People at this point, like you just said, they're going to have their beliefs. They're going to have their feelings. But it's like. I I am starting to get that that you know what was a big thing last year the covid fatigue like I'm sick of of having to wear a mask every that doesn't mean that I'm not going to like even having even having covid right now once I get out back out into the general public I'm going to continue to wear a mask like it's it's just it's it's common sense to me like i don't I don't want to be reinfected I don't want to spread anything unwillingly or unknowingly, and it it literally it's harmless it it does nothing to to no one like why wouldn't you wear it so for me, I'm gonna continue to do those things. I will say even even having it right now n- not knowing whether or not I picked it up in a movie theater because I was unmasked for 20 minutes while I mild on popcorn or something like that. Like, I will say that makes me even more timid to do
1: things like that in the future. Oh, sure. I mean, and I think people also get kind of hung up on where did I get it? Like, you could have gotten it. I mean, no mask is 100%. No human being is a hundred percent. You've seen the pe- the way people wear their masks. Yeah, I mean, even the people that do wear their masks, or the people that don't, it it's just, you know, it's a a game of numbers, and you know, eventually, with the way things are right now, it's pretty likely that you will if you're if you're out and about, or if you do those things that you know come along with the risk
0: yeah it's it's weird that it's it's become a and it's so funny because you you were literally saying it like right right before we got sick like it's it's not a matter of if anymore it's a matter of when i know and i think it was like, does <laughs> yeah i mean it is what it is though no no truer words were spoken because literally two days later we were all fucking sick but I mean, with that being said, though, like what are what are some of the bigger takeaways? And I'm not asking you to, you know, give us a a qualified medical. uh... Yeah. Do not follow (laughs) any of our advice. It is
1: not medically based whatsoever.
0: Like what are some of the things that you think as a whole, as a nation, as a world, as as a society Uh, that we could learn from, from this pandemic, because it is almost after seeing what happened with COVID, it is almost a guarantee that there's going to be something bigger, badder, better, worse down the line, whether that's five years, 10 years, 15 years from now, what are some of the things that, that we should be learning and trying to implement for the next pandemic?
1: Um, being prepared for it. I think um we need to have you know that that not like uh, no what do I want to say? Not like a a panic room per se, but just some you know, and I think we we did at one point have a I don't know what you call it, not like, like a task force. Yeah, there was but a something that monot- response team. It's something that monitored diseases like Ebola when it was coming out or SARS or MERS or whatever. Um, Just keeping an eye on those types of viruses that can get out of hand and, and, you know, become a pandemic such as COVID. But um, just being aware and, you know, and having that research there Um, and not just, you know, United States but globally – um being able to work together like they did uh was was nice not i mean not everybody played nice all the time obviously but um you had to have a kind of a collective especially when it was like ravaging countries rather than just areas of places um that and i think i would really love and hope that People learn how to um decipher science. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that didn't come out right.
0: No, it came out
1: perfectly. <laughs> but yeah. like something like learn to be cautious of misinformation and information.
0: Yeah.
1: Um causes sources those types of things i i hope people have like a moral obligation to report things that are factual right that kind of thing right um i think that would would curb a lot of things and then having somebody monitor and um say cuz i mean I was looking at something like when the the pandemic started. There was up to like six, six people or six prominent
0: experts.
1: Experts in quotation marks that spread misinformation that reached an astronomical amount of people, yeah. and and kind of changed their beliefs and scared them. When it wasn't based in actual facts. Right. So.
0: You mean like somebody saying that. You can probably like. Inject bleach or. That it'll just miraculously go away someday. Like you'll look up and it'll be a miracle and it'll be gone. Yeah. yeah, Those things.
1: Kind of like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's detrimental and that. That hurt more than I think we realize.
0: For sure. I will say this much, though. In a bright bright point from that whole time frame, the beginning of the pandemic started uh, when Trump was president. And one thing that I did enjoy um, were the daily briefings. Like, having somebody who could come out and say, here's where we're at. But maybe... You know, the next time around, like you said, in regards to having like a pandemic response team or something like that, maybe actually having those briefings by by people who know what the hell they're talking about. And in essence, not I feel like there was a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of um, effort put into, you know, Making sure that people get vaccinated, which I'm a firm believer in. You you won't hear me say anything negative about vaccines or anything like that. But I also feel like in the push to get people vaccinated, there there was along the way we kind of lost other preventative measures, like I guess we would say. Like it, it seemed like in this country for whatever reason you can't just tell people one like one thing right you have to give them options so i I guess i would like to see more of that in the future like hey if you feel a certain way about putting something into your body like that's on you this is the number one best way but if you're not going to do that then you need to make damn sure that you're doing this this and this this is how we're going to control it and monitor it and stick to like, I feel like we lost our way with contact tracing and things like that. Like, all of that stuff went by the wayside because it was it was easier just to tell people, wear a mask and get vaccinated. I would like I to see a bit more of that. The
1: contact tracing was just, there was too much and not enough people yeah. to, to get it done properly. True. Yeah, Just like my COVID test. If you get tested a lot and you get tested and you know and you get quick, it helps. When you have five days to get better and you get your COVID test on the sixth or seventh day, what's the point? (laughs) What's the point? Yeah. So those type of logistical things are always going to be bumps in the road. And, you know, we just got to figure it out. But it's just... uh,
0: it's tough, man. It really it's a, is. It's a crazy ride. So we're yeah, it is. I'm I'm glad you said it's a crazy ride because before before we wrap up cuz we're almost at an hour, uh it has been a crazy ride and we are now coming towards the tail end of of a COVID infection and we're starting to run into those like I just did air quotes, long COVID symptoms. And one of which is like the COVID, the COVID fog is like a real thing, man. Like there are certain things that I can recall. Like I remember making pancakes and sausage before I went upstairs to lay down just in case I lost my sense of smell and taste. But then there's other stuff like short term stuff, especially is really difficult to recall. Like yeah. spelling word, thank God for smartphones right now. Like spelling things like I was telling you earlier, I was having a conversation with a with a friend and like I was going to spell caught and like I know that caught is not that like there's no o in caught at all, <laughs> but I kept wanting to spell it like C-O-U-G-H-T. I, all and like how how do you spell caught like how do you and thankfully, you know there's autocorrect There's it's like oh yeah c a u g h t but like are you are you dealing with stuff like that too? consolidation
1: just... <laughs> for the life of me i after c o n
0: I, is gone. It
1: was just like a blank slate to the point where I was like, hey, Google. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. <laughs>
1: hey, Google, help me out. <laughs> uh, uh, um, the
0: speaker's going to go off now. Oh, yeah. It's stop. all right.
1: But little things like that are like somebody will ask like, well, when did you get symptoms? And you go.
0: Was uh, today.
1: <laughs> okay, today's this. And I know being in the house and not interacting and not on a routine i know that's part of it yeah but i think after like a viral infection at all i i have like lag time
0: yeah mm. and that's that's what's what's messing with me the absolute most like i typically don't like i'm down and i feel terrible and i feel gross but afterwards i'm fine But what I'm finding now, and this terrifies me because, you know, I I pride myself on, like, conversation and and presence of mind and being there. Like, one of my biggest fears is, you know, being old with Alzheimer's. Like, that terrifies me.
1: Stay away from sugar.
0: (laughs) Not being in my mind. Um, But, like, right now even, I find myself struggling with, Like this, the basics of, and which is another reason that I wanted to do this because I felt like I had to prove it to myself that I still could. (laughs) It's like I find myself struggling with conversation, like trying to find words, and I caught myself doing that a couple of times while we're recording here. But like the basic stuff, finding words to say to speak, it's not just a spelling thing. It it feels like you are constantly. lighty like if if that makes
1: sense at all It's a little foggy yeah i know like i remember having a viral a viral infection of some sort i don't even know it might have been just like a a flu but like afterwards like having that like achy yuck kind of like you're gonna get sick again but it's like i don't know if it's like leaving your body or what but that sort of thing, or like the fog, or like, like I told you, I was like, God, I get a little lightheaded here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just from it, like taking its time just to kind of get out of your system. So, I think that's what we're in the midst of right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Here's here's hoping that it it go ahead and flushes itself out here real soon because. Uh, as guidelines change, we're going to kind of be forced to integrate back into society sooner than what we would want or what we'd feel safer as. Uh, do you find or do you think that you'll operate a little more fearlessly now that now that you've actually caught COVID and, and are coming out the other end of it? or Or will you still be? super diligent with like making sure that you wear your mask and all that
1: um i I haven't really changed i mean you know you you think about it the way the virus works is the more it infects the more it can mutate and that's just the way it works you know that's just how it operates so you know, when you think about it, it's going to have a mutation somewhere down the line. And who knows what that one's going to do. So it's not something that's going to just magically disappear, unfortunately. It won't be like a miracle
0: one day. We'll just wake you up know, and it'll be gone.
1: I I hope that would be the best case scenario. But as of right now, it's, it sounds like something that's going to stick around. So we just kind of got to, you know, be smart about it. So... Yeah, I'll still wear my mask. I'll still uh, be a little cautious. I mean, you got to weigh your your risk and your reward for everything, you know. So that's the kind of thing. Am I going to go to the movies as much as I did pre, pre-COVID? Probably not. Am I going to be able to, you know, gather in huge places all the time? Not without you know the proper precautions now so um i've got my booster i'm up to date as of right now and if things change well then you know i'm gonna have to assess that too so it's kind of what everybody's got to do they got to kind of say everything comes with a risk you walk outside you could get you know struck down by lightning it's a risk you take uh you get in the car there's a risk you take not wearing your seatbelt. There's risky. I mean, everybody does that. So it's kind of your new risk.
0: I can dig it. it's an excellent uh excellent point to end off on. Everything's <laughs> risky. Uh <laughs> I uh, I just want to take a few seconds out to thank everybody for either pressing play or downloading this episode of The Curated Culture. Uh, we hope that you gained some sort of, of new knowledge or insight uh, into COVID or into Omicron <laughs> thanks to our COVID experiences. Editions. Yeah, the, the COVID edition um let us know if if you have recently had covid what was your experience like did you start off with a sore throat was it a little more typical of of other uh symptoms or or signs let us know hit us up on the socials at robbie diesel at red one maria at the curated culture on facebook or instagram or underscore curated culture on twitter we would love to hear from you yourself uh also Make sure that you are subscribed to this show on whatever platform you're listening to it on, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher Radio, anything like that. While you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, drop us a five-star review. That helps us out on the algorithms, gets us in more ears and eyes and houses and all that fun stuff. Yes, I said eyes, and I mean it. Uh, Make sure that you also hop over to rate us on Spotify. Yes, you can rate us on Spotify now. Help us rise up the rankings that way mm-hmm. as well. Um, make sure you check us out on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Robbie Diesel. Uh, socials, Maria.
1: At Red One Maria. Everywhere. everywhere.
0: All over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Check out the site, uh, thecuratedculture.com. We just published a piece Kind of detailing everything that we just talked about. So if you're one who likes to read rather than listen, uh, the story is up there as well. It's called Three Things I Learned from Catching Omicron. Uh, What else we got? We got the socials at Robbie Diesel, at Real One Maria, at The Curated Culture on Facebook, Instagram, underscore Curated Culture on Twitter. Uh, that's it, man. I don't want to keep uh repeating the socials because of my COVID brain right now. <laughs> <I'm> trying... <laughs> I know I'm really unraveling at the end here. Uh, thank you guys so very much. Hopefully, the next show that you hear us on will be sounding and feeling a whole heck of a lot better, and will be a lot more clear and concise. Until then, take care of yourselves and each other.
1: aww <laughs>